home of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen. Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio with your host, Garrett Miller. Well, welcome back to the Must Listen To show on Monday nights. That's not Monday Night Football, Monday Night Raw, professional wrestling, or, well, you know, the local news. Who wants to see the local news? Not me. Ugh. The local news is just going to tell us more bad news, like we're going to get more rain to mother. To mother. I'm sure that was a Freudian slip. Tomorrow here in Southern California, we got a huge rainstorm. Remnants of the battering Northern California, Oregon, and Washington have received in the last two days. Much to the delight, I'm sure, of everybody putting out fires up in those regions of the world. But at the same time, we've got a lot of flooding. And when you have the, the forests that have been burnt so badly, the scarring floods, you know, often all oh, that yuck. So anyway, we just hope everybody's good. But here in Southern California today, we got drenched for a good hour, hour and a half. It sprinkled throughout most of the day. And even coming home tonight from the office, it was exciting to see some of the raindrops coming down. Um, shockingly, I was pleasantly surprised with the way the drivers were driving along the road, because usually they're just a bunch of friggin' morons who can't tell what time of day it is, let alone what they're doing inside of a car, because they're busy eating a bowl of cereal, shaving, doing their makeup, talking on the phone, or a wide variety of other things. Um, and today, everybody was paying attention and doing what they were sh- supposed to do, which is, you know, staying in your lane, using a turn signal. It was magical, but not as magical as my co-host, Miss Rebecca Fisk, who is joining us live tonight. Tonight wraps up our four-week extravaganza where I've monopolized her every Monday night. You will know her as one of America's top 50 psychics. She is the real deal, folks. This is not a psychic call-in show. You are welcome to call in and talk on topic. We would love your calls. But we are not taking calls to find out about your love life or your job or your pets or anything else that's a psychic question. To do that, I've conveniently placed a link on the show page to Rebecca's website, which is also IamRebecca.com. I mention that because we're also on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple's podcast on iTunes, and along with being here on Blog Talk, if you don't have the show link in front of you, well, there you go. IamRebecca.com will get you to Rebecca. She will schedule a reading with you, and then um, we'll share this in the middle of the show, but she'll be back November 15th for another episode of Rated G Radio. Uh, But if you want to call in on topic tonight as we're discussing whatever it is that hits the airwaves, we welcome you to call 323-657-1493. That is the hotline. And Rebecca, welcome back to Rated G Radio. Well, thanks, Garrett. It's great to be back. Great to be back. Yay! Yay! And because, you know, this is some of the most fun that I have is hanging out with you on the radio. And I know you know that, but... uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, and as far as the rain today, I know God has a sense of humor. I've, I've known that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, folks, I will, I will tell you the main reason that I know God has a sense of humor is because, you know, I didn't want to be a psychic. In fact, I don't know anybody who says, oh, I want to grow up and be a psychic. Never heard it, probably never will. But I came into this work kicking and screaming. 
And the reason that I know God has a sense of humor is because over the 30-plus years now that I've been doing this work, I have had many clients say, I'm pregnant. Is it a boy or a girl? Well, I have a 50-50 chance. I'm guessing the right sex. Garrett, I am usually wrong on the sex of the kid. Now, it doesn't mean I didn't tell them three years in advance what month the kid was going to be born in and the kid shows up on time. But So I can pull stuff out of nothing, but the thing I have a 50-50 chance on, I'm usually wrong, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Isn't that funny? Today I got it. It is. I, I think it's hilarious. I laugh at this stuff now because, you know, you can't be too attached to anything, right? Uh, so today, you know, we'd had some rain here and there, nothing really hard. We had drizzles. We had some regular raindrops, but really not a whole lot. And, and yeah, it looked like it was going to rain some more, but um, I had physical therapy this afternoon. And I looked outside, and it was kind of raining a little, but not really badly. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm dressed warmly. I don't really need a jacket. I don't really think I need a raincoat. I mean, I'm just going to go to the car, which is parked right in front of my place. And um, so I don't really need an umbrella or a jacket. You know, it's not, it's not that big a deal. You know, when I lived in Northern California, it rained all the time. And unless it was really a downpour, nobody really wears coats and uses their umbrellas up there. So I'm thinking, ah, it's okay. So I live up stairs in a duplex and I have stairs outside so I get I close the door I lock the door it's kind of raining just a little bit I take a few steps down to the landing where I'm finally like completely out in the open and it just lets loose a total downpour and I am not kidding you when I say probably 25 steps from the landing where I'm standing to get into the car And as soon as it just let loose, I just started laughing. I'm sure people thought it was absolutely nuts. But I kid you not, Garrett, when I took those 30 or so, 25 or 30 steps from my landing to get into the car, I was completely drenched. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I thought it was really fun that, of course, I drove for, you know, like two minutes and then it wasn't raining anymore. That was it. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm And you, you know, God has a sense of humor. Sure, you're going to make plans. Let me just let me just see how much fun we have with that. So, so. what do you do at physical therapy today? Oh gosh. Well, okay. So I am in physical therapy because my knees have been hurting, and I've had lateral lateral meniscectomies on both of my knees, and it's been years since I've had either one of the surgeries. Um, but I used to walk about 14 miles a week, and I was spending about seven of those miles walking up and down steep hills, and then the rest of the miles in distance uh, to train for the Grand Canyon for next year. So uh, before the pandemic, I went to the gym like four or five days a week, just all the time, and was making sure that I kept all of the muscles of my legs, my hips, my arms, everything strong. Well, when the gyms got closed down, there are certain exercises that I did not keep up on, and so basically my core strength went down, um, specifically what the physical therapist calls, um, you know, the, the, uh, the hip, the, all the muscles around the hips and the inner thighs, and then the mid-glutes is the term that he used. So those have all become weak, and that's where our foundation is. So mm-hmm. the exercises that I did today were all targeting uh, the hips, the inner thighs, and the buttocks. 
so, uh, but it's good. Like he said, wow, you're getting, you're really improving. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that the physical therapist does is he checks the ligaments and the muscles to see, you know, if I'm getting more elastic and if they're, you know, if they're improving, if they're getting stronger, all of that. And um, the first time that he touched my hips, I just about jumped off the table. <laughs> and now he can get in there and actually, you know, work the muscles and everything. So it's good. He's like, wow, you're getting really good. We're going to be, we're going to be letting you go here pretty quick. So uh, I'm excited about that. But yeah, so that's what I did at the physical therapist today. Woohoo! I'm glad I'm sure you, I'm looking sure. at me. They, yeah, <laughs> I, just, do, I do it myself. I do it myself now. Like they don't even have to tell me. They just go over and go, oh, did you do that exercise? Yep. Okay. Oh, did you do that one? Oh, not yet. I'll do that one now. So like they're used to me because they know I'm doing it at home. So they don't really yep. have to do anything. <laughs> yep. You get your routine down. Well, and I think if yeah. you're in physical therapy, that's going to be really the key is that you do the maintenance and you do your homework when you're not in session. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and the thing is that I was doing the exercises using the gym equipment and like that abductors and the adductors and using the machines for that. And I got out of the habit of it because I wasn't going to the gym anymore. And those specifically were targeting the muscles that I needed to keep strong. So Mm -hmm. now I have a whole routine of uh, exercises that will keep those muscles strong without having to be at the gym to use that equipment. So it's a good thing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel blessed, you know. I feel really blessed. Well, I think you are on the right track. I went to the doctor on Friday because I like going to the doctor like I like root oh, canal surgery without yeah. Novocaine, you know. Well, I just think Pretty that much. all the doctors are, are on the take by Western medicine, but that's a whole different, you know, story altogether. So last time I went to the doctor was in January. And I went there because I wanted to get my health care reimbursement money that my company provides if I go to, for a physical. So I said, okay, do the numbers. So arguably all of 2020, when everybody was in COVID lockdown, panicking and depressed and all of this, I was thriving. I was losing weight. I was doing my um, intermittent fasting. I and I got down actually to a, a, a weight on the scale that I really liked. I never thought I would see in my adult life ever again. And, but everybody around me was like, Oh my gosh, eat a cheeseburger. You look, you know, you look anemic and seriously, you know, it's like they don't seem the number on the scale, but I was in the best ripped shape I've been in as an adult. That's not to say I was in great shape, but I was in, I was in great shape for my age. So I go to the doctor and I made a comment about, yeah, I've got a problem with my right shoulder and it started. And so I was encouraged to try something called Arnicare or Arnagel or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh-huh, so yeah. I bought a bottle of it and used mm-hmm. about 400 gallons of it in the next couple of months, but it never really got better. And so here I am in the best shape of my life and I'm continuing to work out, continuing to make this worse. And finally, in, I'm going to say June, I just said, you know, I've got to take a break. I've got to just basically stop working out because it's to the point where I can't sleep and it's very painful and I'm a big baby. So, of course, why didn't I go back to the doctor then, Rebecca? I don't know. Because I know you when you're stubborn. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't go. So I stop working out. And guess what happens? And again, I eat pretty good. 
Um, mm-hmm. I had a few woe as me moments, but I eat pretty good, mostly vegetables, chicken, you know, and we can dissect that. But it's that's not the interesting part. The interesting part was I completely gave up on myself and said, I'm going to not do anything for four months, five months. And now we're into end of October. And so at beginning of October, I said, I, I just can't take this pain anymore. Now the pain is you like moved. Now it's, it doesn't hurt as much. It hurts differently. And I said to myself, self, you're turning into a big old tub of goo again. Now, granted, this time it did not involve 96 jars of peanut butter, but just simply involved <laughs> inactivity. Right. So I called the doctor and, um, and I, in my adult life, I had probably gone to the doctor, you know, twice in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I call, I find a doctor and cause I'd gone to urgent care anytime I had like a scrape on my knee or anything. And finally this lady at the urgent care says, you know, we have a private practice upstairs. If you wanted to come up there, you could you'd go see a regular doctor and, and okay, great. So I got the appointment. It was for last Friday. I went in there and I said, okay, so do you remember when I came in? Of course, you know, I'm sure I'm just a riveting for this lady who sees dozens of people every day. She has no clue, you know, but she's very lovely. And I've now seen her a total of three times. So Friday was the third visit. So nine months ago. And I said, I can't do anything. I've stopped working out and I, I don't accept this any longer. You know, I've done the quantum physics. I'm thinking it away. I've done the, I'm rubbing essential oil on it, the castor oil on it. All of these things have been lovely, but it's not solved it. And I need it solved. She goes, okay, well, I'm going to write you a script. And I said, wrong answer. And I said, um, you know, I think we need to do physical therapy. And she goes, well, okay, thanks, Brainiac, because that was number two. But we need to get adjust, you know, adjust the pain so you can start, you know, having inflammation reduced and blah, blah, blah. So I finally got my script and I'm holding it in my hands. And I need to find a physical therapy place around where I'm at. And um, so that's on my my to-do list for sometime this week. So, of course, it's so urgent that it's, well, sometime this week when I get around to it. So, um, mm-hmm. if you know, I, I appreciate your physical therapy story because that will now motivate me to get off my butt and do it and uh, get that better. Thanks, Rebecca. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, so, so here's, so, okay, so this is my, this is your friend chastising you because of mm-hmm. my profession. And you mm-hmm. didn't call me about this because this is the first I'm hearing about it. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's just yeah, like, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first of all, what I'm getting intuitively, not, this is not a radio show for psychic readings tonight, folks, but I, I'm going to give Garrett a reading. Okay. Give me um, my reading. What, what, I, what I'm getting is to do some kind of laser, like go to somebody who specifically does the laser work. Cause um, my impression is that this, and, and I don't want to put a lot of weight in this, but my impression is you have a little tear. And I think so too. That isn't, yeah. That is not going to get healed just with exercising it and reducing mm-hmm. the inflammation. I However, agree. you know, the, the either radio frequency or laser or heat somehow intuitively, even though I know heat is the, the opposite of reducing inflammation, that's what comes up as something that would help it heal. So, um, so that's what comes up. I, I do know of a chiropractor who uses laser therapy. And so if you, I know that you have somebody you like, find out if they use laser therapy at all. I don't have a physical therapist. I, I, I'm looking for one. So if you, I mean, I'm a chiropractor. Oh, is that Dr. Betty? 
Uh, no, somebody... it's a different. Uh, it's somebody else. It's Doctor. You Dr. know a uh, different chiropractor. John. Also, okay. I know three chiropractors. Oh, good lord! And they all do you different know, types you know of chiropractic work. Well, no, okay. Not well, everybody. if they but, take my insurance, anyway. I would totally go. Yeah, and I don't know. I'll I'll I'll, I'll look into it and I'll see what I can find okay, out. Okay, it's Blue Cross. Anyway. Okay. Okay, that's good. Good insurance. So. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I don't know. You know, they all used to be good. Um, they all, yeah. Now no, I have it's good questionable. Insurance. I have yeah, good insurance good. and I'm very lucky, but yeah, is it that it has been so painful, you know, and it's cause I can't, I can't, well, yeah, I can do, do the whole wambulance thing for the next 45 minutes. I won't, but I mean, I can't sleep on my right side because of that. If I'm sleeping on my left side, which is, doesn't hurt. If I move my arm, you know, a quarter inch, I'm in, ah, so it's just, you know, and, and I'm, I need to work out. So I've even gotten into a, um, we call it a workout challenge at work and it's a very liberal, you figure out what a workout means to you workout thing, but the whole concept is just do something daily that's going to be better for your health in some type of a workout. Right. So it might be walking around the building or whatever. Now I will tell you when I went back to the doctor on Friday and got on the scale, um, she says, yeah, the, your number is now this. And I went, mother, this is not except so it really just kind of lit the fire for me because that week is the week we started last week our workout challenge so i had been doing a half an hour of elliptical every morning mm-hmm. i get up the commitment was i'm going to get up at 6:15 because my workout uh, team at work were like we're all getting up at 6:15 and working out and i said okay geez so get up 6:15 i'm on the elliptical get my half hour in and then after I got the number on the scale on Friday, I was like, well, guess what I'm doing the second I come home? Another half an hour. Thank you very much. But it's at least getting my body used to movement again. And it's not done that for, I don't know, four months, five months. And so now I've got to just, you know, kind of get into the routine again. We'll get the shoulder fixed and I'll be able to be, you know, super buff and sexy by Christmas. So that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Thanks, Rebecca. Just, yeah. And just so you know, everyone else's opinion of you or or definition of buff and sexy is different than yours. Of so. course. We are all our worst critics. Um, but I will tell you that when I'm in a shape that's not, you know, cylindrical or oval, um, I can recognize that. And I know that that is a good look and it's a good feel for Here's Here's the other thing that I think, and we could, maybe this would be something fun to talk about, but... I've suffered from body image issues all of my life. So when I was, you know, 18, I graduated, well, I graduated high school at 17, but when I graduated high school, I weighed 114 pounds soaking wet with a brick in my hand, okay? When I was Mm -hmm. in my very, well, probably 2021, I went to the doctor and I said, doctor, I need to gain weight. I'm just this, you know, wafy little thing. I blow away in a strong breeze. You know, what, what should I do? And he goes, I swear to God, this is exactly what he said. Go to McDonald's for lunch, have two Big Macs, two Big Fries, and a milkshake. That'll put the weight on. Now, <laughs> knowing what – and so, you know, so I went to McDonald's and did it, did it. Okay. So we'll fast forward. You know, to we get to a point where I start working out. I look like Hulk Hogan. I'm great. I'm big and sexy. Never did cardio at all, ever. Well, I was in my mid-20s. I could, you know, I could eat 18,000 calories a day and still look fantastic because you have a high metabolism at that age. And then, you know, you hit 29 and 32 and 36 and 40 and, you know, the other numbers that come after that. And every period of time, it becomes harder and harder and harder. Now, you can listen 
to scientific studies that say metabolism between the ages of 20 and 60 really doesn't change. It's just what we put in our body and how much we move and exercise and things like that. But I don't necessarily agree with that. However, I will tell you that my weight has gone up. My highest has been 247 pounds, and my weight has gone down, where my, my best weight this, this year is 157. Um, and I am not wow. – I'm. I know, right? Because that's kind of that's right where I was at when I took that TV over to you for, at uh, in the holidays. So yeah, but that's low. That's low for you if you've got that muscle that's mass. That's really on you, that's low, low for me. But here's what yeah, happens when I get really down low. to numbers that I like, and I'm exercising, and I'm you know doing all the things that I like. I honestly feel like no matter what I do, I feel, and it's, this is just the mind F that goes through my head every time, is like I feel like I'm starving myself. Now, logically, I know I'm not starving myself because I have my isogenic shake. Non, I, this is, we're not getting a promo a commercial fee for this, but I have an isogenic shake in the morning. I love it. Then I have my big, big, big sensible lunch with vegetables and protein, and then I have a little something when I come home from dinner, and then I fast the rest of the time. It sounds terrible, but, you know, when you really think the number of hours that you're sleeping and the other hours that you don't need to shovel crap in your face, it's not that bad. And so I lost all of this weight last year and, and was thrilled. But then I'm, I'm starting to go, oh, I'm, I'm depriving myself. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm starving. I'm so hungry because, you know, look, I finally am at a number on a scale, which is ridiculously low. And, and I just – I. I sabotage myself. Now, this year has been different, Rebecca, because I've not really diet-wise diet sabotaged myself. Now, I will say that I have had a, a sour gummy worm thing that I'm no longer doing, um, that over the course of summer, it kind of got out of control. But, uh, but even if I looked at the calories and all of that, that was really not enough to put on the weight that I've put back on. So my only mm -hmm. rational thinking is that I have gained this weight because I've stopped moving. And so my commitment to myself is I've, I've got to move every day because my job has been, has also changed where I used to, you know, run around and show people stuff at my current um, job, which I love and I love the people there. But my job has gone from being very mobile at work to sitting behind a desk doing the same thing in a wider scale um, for, you know, nine hours a day. So even no. at work, my my steps, I don't get as many steps in. I don't get any steps in many days. And so I'm just turning into a big old gelatinous pile of goo. And that's why my coworkers were like, we, we want to do something. And I said, if you know, can we come up with like a, um, you know, a board? We'll you know, do a board and we'll check it off every day. But I need you guys to hold me accountable. So I feel bad that I've let you down, even though it's really letting me down if I don't you know, do it. So we're all doing that. It's like, it's all going in the morning. What'd you do this morning? What'd you do this morning? How'd you do it? What, in what level? And um, it's been kind of fun. That's good. That's the most important yeah. thing is that you're having fun with it. But you know, I actually have a suggestion for you. Yes. So, so, okay. So I know this is not the isogenic show, but you, I know that you Garrett know that I also like the shakes. I like, yeah, them. they're great. I really love them. And, um, so I, as we know, there were some birthdays this month. Yeah, yeah. Well, we and, can talk about mine post birthday, but I don't celebrate it. And we had yours happy right, birthday, month. Right. Year. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, we we kind of talked about all that already. But yeah, I know. But um, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, 
so one of the things that I've noticed, because I started Isogenics over two years ago, and I lost about 40 pounds on that in I don't know how many months, but I've kept it off. And it's very easy for me to keep it off. But what I noticed is that I don't have any cravings when I have the shakes. Mm-hmm. So if so, if you're having cravings, and it sounds like there maybe I don't know, but it would be really interesting to see what would happen if instead of having a munchie or whatever at night for dinner, you have another shake and see what happens if you're having cravings. If that would take care of it, I think that is a much wiser use of 237 calories, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a suggestion. No, I like thing it. Is, like I. Yeah, and I have a friend who started, she, you know, I told her, she's like, she watched me and she finally went, you know, I only have about 15 pounds to lose because she's just, you know, one of those people who she's, mm-hmm. she's eaten well her entire life yep. um, and she's never really needed to do anything and, and now she's, you know, reached a certain age and cer- certain things that happen to women over a certain age. Um, and so she, for the first time, was like, hi, I want to lose a few pounds. So she, she said, what are you doing? And I told her, she said, you know what, I want to try it. And, mm-hmm. and I have told her, look, I don't have any cravings. Yeah. And she, she was kind of like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So I talked to her recently. She said, oh, my God, I don't have any cravings. See? Said, I get it now. I get it now. Because here's the thing is that if you are getting your nutritional needs met, you're not going to crave mm-hmm. anything. Because typically mm-hmm. we crave stuff when our body's going – I need this mineral, and the only thing that I know that will give me that is whatever this is, and our bodies just naturally crave it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, so just a suggestion, but I will say if you decide to try that, let me know, you know, if you try that experiment um, with having a second shake, let, I, me, let me know I, how that goes. Well, I used to do two shakes, and then, um, and mm-hmm. then I'd have, like, dinner. And so I'd have a shake in the morning, shake at lunch. And it's sensible. To, and you think I'm talking about, like, you know, slim fast. Ugh, that's the worst thing you could ever put in your body. Read the labels on that one or ensure or any of that crap. Oh, my gosh, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but just because of how my schedule was and stuff, I just kept doing the shake in the morning because nutritionally for me, that gave me – because you really need to start fueling your body at a certain hour just to, you know – to get going, have brain function and things like that. And I'm in a role where I have to be able to think quickly and be accurate. So I've, you know, I would drink my shake in the morning. It gives me a lot of pep. And I'm going to tell you, there's also, and again, we are not a paid endorsement for Isogenics and they should really consider that because we do a great job for them. But one of the products (laughs) they have is called Supreme. And you put a little scoop in with your shake and I don't know what's in Supreme, but it is the one thing that makes me love other people and not want to kill people after I've had my shake. Because my patience for <laughs> all things is really low sometimes. And I know that in the morning, if I want to go in to the office and make sure I'm happy and cheery, you know, I make sure that I have my Supreme scoop in with the shake. And I know when I don't have it. And I know when I do. And I, so it might be a placebo effect. I don't know. But all I know is that I'm able to relate better. I'm in a much better mood when I have that. And it makes, you know, my time until I go to lunch at 1.30 um, bearable. So, but, you know, at lunch, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, like today, I had a giant bowl of homemade coleslaw that I also included some cranberries and walnuts and some grilled chicken some broccoli that I chopped up and mixed that all together. And I thought that was delicious. So that's what I had for lunch. So I don't even feel bad about that because it's all, you know, moderately healthy. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, and I was going to say that, you know, I, 
have had various friends and family take me out for meals and whatever for my birthday. And one of the things that's happened with me because I don't crave foods is that I just eat what I want when I'm eating. Right. And I mm-hmm. kind of keep an idea in my mind about calories sort of kind of, but even yeah. that lately I've been like, eh, I'm not going to, cause I'm not, I'm not stuffing myself. I eat what I want. And when I'm, I've had enough, I've had enough. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was thinking, well, I'm not going to weigh myself. So finally, after like two weeks of various meals out and whatever, I weighed myself. I had not gained an ounce. I was exactly the same weight. Good for you. Like, okay. So my body really is at the set point. Yeah, but that's another interesting conversation. And I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about something else in a minute. But, you know, I keep saying I still need to lose 30 pounds. And I was talking to my friend about this, and she's like, and she's, 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 a, she's not a medical, but she's an epidemiologist. Um, but I've known her for a long time, and she's like, you know, you look like you could stand to lose about 15 pounds at 30. She's like, where? And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm heavy. And she said, yeah, but have you accounted for the possibility that you may have, like your muscle mass or your mm-hmm. bone mass may mm-hmm. weigh more than the average mm-hmm. person? And it occurred to me that, oh, that's right. My mom used to talk about that, that she always looked thin and like she didn't weigh very much. And when she, even when she was a little kid, people thought she'd be light as a feather, and they'd groan when they picked her up. But I'm like, oh, hmm, that might be something for me to look at. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, well, let's lose 15 pounds and see how I feel there. So I feel like, oh, I'm closer to my goal now, so let's see what happens. But anyway, well, you know what? It's an adventure. It's very doable as much it's as you're adventure. walking and everything else. Well, I'm, I get to go back to more walking. I'm, I have not been doing the 14 miles a week for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the physical therapist said, I can do two, three-ish, maybe even four miles at a time um, at this point. And so I'm not, I'm not able to do the hills yet, but I'm getting there. I'm getting to the point where I'll be able to do that. It's just the core has to be strong yep. enough that I'm not putting pressure on my knees. So I'm, I'm happy. And he said he's really pleased with my progress. So, I'm, you know, yay me. <laughs> yay you. Hey, we're at the halfway point of the show. I want to remind everybody that Rated G Radio is the parent uh, platform for all of the shows on the network, including Rebecca's shows when we do those. Uh, Rated LGBT Radio starring Rob Watson on Thursdays. Rated Oz Radio. We're doing specials with Mary Lou Monroe Ray out of Brisbane, Australia. She'll be having some new programming up soon. And then the monthly show every first Tuesday of the month, Journey with Stephanie starring Stephanie Gerard. And Stephanie will actually be my guest co-host next Monday night before her show on Tuesday. So Stephanie and I are going to chew the fat. Um, Well, we might chew some bubble gum, but we'll say we're going to chew the fat next (laughs) Monday. And then Tuesday, Stephanie will interview somebody who is gifted in the healing arts and will also take listener calls. So just a quick reminder, you can listen to our other programs on the network as well. And it's always a pleasure to have your support there. We're also available on iHeartRadio under the rated LGBT banner and on Apple's podcast platform. So you can take us on the go and listen when you want. So that's our little um, shameless plug. And you can also stream my latest album, The Musical. That's by my musical alter ego, Blonde Jesus. Um, I've included a link to all of this on the show page. So if you want to go to Spotify and listen to me sing some tunes, and I actually just won an award for Best Rock Opera in July, 
for nice. the musical. So you can listen to that. And um, I've also, if I didn't share this already, I think I have. I'm in the process of recording a Christmas album now of original music that I've written. And I'll be completing songs, I think, four and starting songs five this Thursday and Friday up in the studio with Brian. So it's going to be super cool. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Well, and also I I meant to, yeah, it is fun. Uh, I meant to tell you that uh, my kiddo has recently been asking to listen to your first album again. So that's been playing a lot in my car. Good. Well, the first album is called Blonde Jesus. So it all started. I mean, well, we've told the story a thousand times, but just in case you're new to the show, the Blonde Jesus Alter Ego all started years ago when I was going to release my first full-length album, and I was up at a Hollywood ugly sweater party at Scott Bayo's house in Woodland Hills, <laughs> and the yeah. lovely ladies that were there throughout the night started getting drunker and drunker and drunker. Now, at the time... Um, the way my hair was styled and the way my facial hair was growing, I looked like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. Okay, so that's a compliment in itself in my eyes. And so throughout the night, they were like, where's the, where's the Barry Gibb? Where's the Bee Gees guy? And then as they got drunker, they couldn't remember Barry Gibb. It was like, blah, blah. And with Christmas coming around, blah, blah, blah Jesus. And I didn't know mm-hmm. whether or not to be offended or find humor in it. I chose to find humor. So we were one song away from completing this album with a completely different marketing program. And when they said the Blonde Jesus, something just clicked. And so I leave this party at like 1230 at night and call my producer. And I said, Brian, we've got to do a new song <laughs> called Blonde Jesus. And he said, you have lost your friggin' mind. How much have you had to drink? And I said, Brian, you know, I'm sober. So it, I haven't had anything to drink. And he says, We'll talk about it next week. So I wrote this song called Blonde Jesus. It became the title track. And uh, my book is called Blonde Jesusisms, uh, 10 Inspired Stories of Miracles and Strength, promo, promo, promo. Um, You can find that on Amazon, free on Kindle Plus or Kindle Unlimited. But it's just kind of grown into its own thing. And so musically, you know, Snoop Dogg's mom didn't name him Snoop Dogg. And all of these people with, you know, names out there aren't named that. And so I just decided to kind of roll with the Blonde Jesus thing and call myself Blonde Jesus as a music performer. And so that's what I'm doing. And um, I've even, I was even talking to my trademark attorney today out of Texas about what we're doing to make sure everything stays legal so I can protect my branding and things like that. So anyway, there we go. But yeah, the original album is called Blonde Jesus and that's, it had, um, it's fun. It's super fun. It's the lead single album. was called it Gay is, Wedding. Great, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great album. It's fun. We like listening to it. It's 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 um it's it's very entertaining. So, yeah. Well, I'd like to it. tell fun stories that my producer then turns into musical magic. So Brian oh, Pothier, yeah, Pothier awesome. Productions. He also just won, Brian, if he didn't tell you this, Rebecca, because you're the gem who introduced him to me, he just won a yeah. Producer of the Year Award. Oh, so the I next time you that. need, yeah, next time you talk to him, you'll need to ask him about his new award. Okay, I will do that, and then also I know he and Kelly Fitzgerald, who's another really great friend of mine, mm-hmm. and then Yvonne Pereira, Pereira, sorry, uh, did a song together that was just just aired on The Young and the Restless the other day. Did The so Young and the Restless, um, and then yep. Brian's, Brian worked this last year with um, the girl who performed as Selena in the new Selena movie. Um, she, awesome. I mean, he, Brian's produced all kinds of stuff that, I mean, I guarantee you've heard, 
and he's had his finger on, and he's just got such an incredible ear for the production side of this, besides the fact that he's the most musically gifted person I've ever met, um, and incredibly yeah. humble, too. Oh, so, yeah, he is. There we he's go. great. He's really great. Now, what about thing. your songwriting? Yeah. I know you, this last year you've been doing some songwriting with Harriet Shock. Um, who, yeah. again, if you don't know anything about Harriet, she's a legendary singer, songwriter, and won awards. She's based up in Los Angeles, and she teaches songwriting classes. So how's that gone for you? You know, it's been really good. I'm actually on a break from it right now, and, and I, I called her and we talked about it because I had so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, writing is its a wonderful way to get in touch with yourself it's it's expression it's um in some ways it feels very freeing but it's also a little bit torturous <laughs> um at least for somebody like me because i'm not i, I i'm not a tongue-in-cheek limerick writer i write things that are serious and have depth for the most part mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I did write a song called You're My Kind of Crazy. But um, most of the stuff that I write has a lot of depth. And um, and I'm also a perfectionist. And that is really the place in my life where perfectionism comes out. And so, um, so I end up getting myself into a place emotionally that's difficult. Uh, and so, you know, after some discussion with Harriet, because there were so many other things going on in my life that were requiring a lot of time and energy, um, I said, look, I think I need to take a break. And she said, you know, I think you do too. Mm-hmm. So let's just take a break. Come visit when you can. If not, that's okay. Just join back in whenever you can. So my intention is to go back to it very soon. But in the meantime, uh, I've been working on a couple of books. <laughs> And so there's been more writing happening for the book stuff than there has been for the songwriting. So, um, so that's kind of exciting. And as I continue on my own journey and my path of healing, um, I'm finding that there is more and more stuff coming up that, that to write about really with my experiences. So, um, you know, I love songwriting. And I'm really, I call myself a lyricist because I, I really, for me, it's about the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Harriet's like, no, Harriet's like, no, she calls me Becky. Becky, you're a songwriter. You're really talented from Texas. And, I love and, her and I love her dearly. I know. I, yeah. I, I just love her. She's so wonderful. Um, but anyway, so there, there's definitely some room for more exploration of that when, uh, when I'm in a slightly different place. And I'm starting to come out of the depth. Um, yeah just been really dealing with a lot of stuff and and it's all good like things are really good and I know Garrett you know that I say that I will say it's all good even when I'm dealing with a painful experience I will say it's all good because I know that ultimately every single experience that I'm having is somehow for my highest good and for the highest good of all because that is my intention in my life that everything that I do that is somehow for my highest good, for the highest good of everyone involved, and for the highest good of all. So, um, so I, can, I can say it's all good, even when it doesn't feel good to me in the moment, and I really believe it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when you were yeah. songwriting, going back to that, what was, why do you think that that's such a particular area? Because I think you need to be a perfectionist in all things you do. I, I've not ever seen you 
in a category where I would not say, oh, she's fine coming in 17th. You know, to me, you <laughs> seem like you, and it's not like it's a competition, but you want to be the best at what you do in all things. So why do you think you feel that you need to be the best when you're a lyricist? You know, that's a really great question. So there was a lot of um, expectation placed on me when I was young. And it was one of those things where if I brought home A's on my report card, it's how come they're not A pluses? There was a lot of that in my life. And so I got to a point where I had to allow that I could do good enough because it's the best I could do. And I could give myself permission to be that. When it comes to songwriting, this is something that was always motivated um, by me, uh, my internal person, me, myself. There wasn't somebody else on the outside who said, you should go do this, or I want you to do this. This is something that's just for me. And I, so I don't think, oh, I'm going to write this and it's going to be a hit song, or I'm writing this for the masses. I write it because it comes from my heart and it's something that I need to express for me. So the perfection in it, the perfectionism in it, say that fast three times, comes from, first of all, knowing that when you write lyrics, you're basically trying to write a novel in a three-minute song. And that comes from mm-hmm. Harriet and also from the mm-hmm. late, great Nick Vinay. Um, but also because there is that little piece that wants to do my very best for me. And thank you for asking me that question because until now, I didn't realize that I have a level of self-love for myself that wants perfection for me, not because somebody else is asking for it and not because it's for someone else, but because I deserve to give myself the best. So it's a different perspective, and thank you for that. So what has been your proudest recent song that you've written? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, really, so there's My Kind of Crazy, which is, which is a fun one. Um, and then actually something that's really more like a poem than, than a song. And I can't even say that it's even necessarily completely finished, mm-hmm. but I still really like it. And that one's called Armor. Ooh. Yeah, so um, I could I could read them to you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing the song, but I could read the uh, the lyrics to you. <laughs> I would love to hear "Armor." Do you have that handy, or should uh, we save that for your November fifteenth appearance? No, that's okay. If you if you don't okay. mind bearing with me for one moment, and then I'll I'll give myself a shameless plug while I'm getting that up. Um, so I am still doing the Wisdom and Intuition Network shows. I have a couple left. It's the first Wednesday of the month, so. Wednesday, November 3rd at 9 a.m. Pacific time. If you would like to call in and ask me some psychic questions, um, the phone number to call for that show is 425-440-5010. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's I am Rebecca I am or Facebook. I am Rebecca Intuitive Psychic. Um, and I'll have links available there. So uh, there's my little plug for my own show there. 
Um, all righty. So where? There it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. It's called Armor. I sit in my castle with no one by my side. Fire flickering like candlelight, alone in dark of night. I've been waiting for my knight in shining armor, and I thought you were the one. But every time I feel you close, you want to be alone. I let down my drawbridge, and I opened the gate. I unlocked the chains that were guarding my fate. I let you in my tower, the place where I felt safe. But you felt like a prisoner and planned your escape. Take off your armor and I'll lay down my sword. Every time we stand off, we leave blood on the floor. I take a stab and you push me back. How can we move forward when we both feel attacked? I see the fear as we circle the ring. We both feel the fear as we circle the ring. Standing off against each other, fighting ourselves more than one another. I know you have been wounded just like I have many times before. I'll take off my armor. Will you lay down your sword? I'm willing to stand naked with you here forevermore. I let down the drawbridge and I open the gate. I unlock the chains that were guarding my fate. I let you in my tower, the place where I felt safe. Will you keep making me feel safe? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love well, that. Do you really? <laughs> now, who, who knows Taylor Swift that's listening tonight? Get her on the phone. So We've got her new so hit funny. single on here, and we need uh, her to record know. this before. Well, Taylor's awesome. She's totally awesome. Well, she'll only sell like 100 million copies of it, and even if you get like a penny per, you'll, you'll do well. Yeah, well, anyway. It's, it's, there we I go. Mean, I wrote that one a, a little while ago, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the whole thing about trying to make pictures and all that stuff. Yeah. And anyway, but it is fun. I do enjoy it. I like it. If there's something very intriguing to me about what can I, what can I make out of words, almost like mm-hmm. a sculptor when they take clay and they, it's like what lives inside the block of clay that they're going to reveal. So it's, I kind of approach it that way. Um, so anyway, um, so I know we kind of talked about, well, so, so, so folks, this is what happens. Garrett and I go, you know, one of us will text the other like an hour before the show. So you have something you want to talk about tonight? <laughs> and we've done that before every show, and we've never actually gotten to the topic. So we talked about discussing on the show. <laughs> What's well, good so, to have backup? It's good to have backup because, well, we never run out of stuff to say to each other anyway. No. But, but, you know, I know that I had mentioned to you because we talked about, you know, like current happenings and, and all of that. And one of the things that I'm sure everybody's hor- horrified by is, you know, the, the onset accident with Alec Baldwin accidentally shooting off a prop gun that was not prepared appropriately. And that this kind of thing has happened before. And, you know, it's just really interesting. I mean, obviously the very first thing that I think is, oh my gosh, right? And then I think, wow, I've been praying for Alec Baldwin since then. I mean, of course I've been praying for Joel Souza, the, the, the director who was also injured. And then, of course, um, uh, I believe her name is, I can't remember her name now, but the cinematographer was killed in her mm-hmm. family. But the thing is, to be somebody who accidentally does something that results in a death 
is a burden you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. Even though there's nothing that he could have done differently. You know, I've, I've been reading different articles about all of this, and there were several people who said that he handled props very carefully on set. Um, and then I read something. And I, and I have to say, too, I did not verify my sources, okay? So I don't know how much of this is just somebody saying something and, and whether or not this is like, you know, evidentiary fact that will be entered into court. Um, but there was, there was something that said that the person who had prepared the, the props um, had actually been fired from a previous job where he did not prepare props appropriately. And then there was also confusion about whether or not that particular prop should have been in that place at that time anyway. So there's a lot of hearsay and speculation around all of that. And one of the things that, you know, I thought would be interesting was to kind of check in spiritually to see why something like that would happen. And, I think you know, that's a good all, idea. To, Let's do it. It's, it's interesting. It's, it, well, so first of all, and I, Garrett, I know you know this, that I believe that we have a contract with God. We, we make a contract with God before we take our bodies about the things we're going to learn while we're here. So for whatever reason, everyone who, who had this experience, who participated in this experience, had made an agreement to participate in it, whether it's that in the future, they're going to do away with even shooting blanks and they're going to, like, use digital, you know, uh, enhancement to make gunfire. Or who knows? Who knows what the actual results of this will be? But, of course, we know that Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, was also killed in a very similar way on set some years ago. Same kind of, almost exactly the same kind of an accident. And it, it kind of just makes you wonder, do we need to be doing things differently than what we're doing? And um, is there a protocol that's followed to safeguard, you know, people's safety on sets? I don't, and I don't know. Um, I've worked with props before, but nothing, you know, I think it was a cap gun that we used, and that was a, a university-level production. So it, it, this, the, 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 the heaviness of all of this really comes to bear on Alec Baldwin. And it's, I, I, my heart goes out to him. I mean, just having to live with yourself day in and day out, knowing that even though it was an accident, that you were somehow involved in this. I mean, that's like if you're driving your car and the brakes go out and you accidentally kill somebody. It's like you were still the one behind the wheel, even though you, you couldn't have known. Like, let's say there was a faulty master cylinder and it was brand new and there's no brake fluid in the car and the car won't stop. You know, there's, it's like there are these series of things. And, and, and so interesting, people typically want to go into blame. They want someone to be held accountable. And when you have the perspective that I have of, well, everyone agreed to all of this. And yes, you know, there's nothing that's going to bring this lovely lady back, this award-winning cinematographer. Her, her kids aren't going to have a mom anymore. You know, there's nothing that's going to bring her back. And so what is the path forward from something like this? She died doing something that she loved. But, you know, it's um, 
and, and why do all these things happen? You know, they, they say we don't really ever know until maybe after we pass, and even then we don't know. And actually, mm-hmm. in my experience with talking to people who've passed, they usually don't care. You know, when you're out of your physical form and you're in this liberated, free place, basically, um, my experience with talking to people in that space is they don't care. They're like, I'm happy. I'm good. So, anyway. I think it is interesting that we have such a uh, hold on the physical and have such a, I don't know, fear or, I don't know, hesitancy about what happens after this. And, you know, I mean, I've shared before, my father passed away in June. And, you know, he was 85. Um, and it, you know, it, was, it was his time. And he went relatively fairly quickly and all of that. And I was very lucky to spend three of the last days that he was here on the earth with him in his ICU unit. And, of course, nobody at the hospital would say anything or whatever. But I just kept thinking, you know, I'm really glad for all the time that he was here. And, you know, up until probably a few days before he went into the hospital, you know, I would still get my usual, you know, weekly texts. That that was how most of the time was texting. Because I hate talking on the phone. So he would text, and I taught him about a year or so ago how to do voiced you know, texting, and he thought that was the coolest thing ever. And when I left the hospital, you know, the last thing I said was, I love you, and thanks for being a great dad. And I knew, you know, I just knew he was not coming out of it. But, you know, nobody at the hospital would say anything. Nobody would, you know, tell you anything. But I had a a huge piece about it. And, of course, I cried and all of that. But I I wasn't, um, you know, I just knew that whatever was going to happen next was okay. And I've shared with you, Rebecca, at least once, he has come to me in my dreams and I remember one time, this is probably about six, eight weeks ago. It's been a hot minute. So I don't even remember the dream other than I remember my dad in the dream. And he had to be in his mid-30s because he was like much, much younger, even like younger than I am now. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to turn 29 next year. Maybe. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but he was in, the, in my dream. Kind of, and if you said spinning around, that makes it sound like he's a ballerina in this. He was totally not that. But it was very much like a slow motion. He was smiling, had gorgeous you know, blonde hair, great tan, and just turning around kind of in a, you know, look at me. I'm doing great. Yeah. And that was like the second or third time he's come to me in my dreams, you know, since he's passed. And I just, I just was like, oh, hey, Dad, how are you? You look great. He's like, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. just always taken a big comfort in that. And I, so anytime he wants to come hang out in my dreams, great, come on, you know, we'll, you know tell me something new. But um, I've, I've never, you know, even when I've had my dogs pass, which you can't say that, you know, the dogs, let me tell you, I love my dogs more than I love most people. And I've had mm-hmm. dogs pass, <laughs> and um, it has broken my heart. But, the, you know, my last dog that passed her is my little Sookie. And I came home, and there was no sign that she was going to die. And she, I just found her, and I think she just recently, you know, in, like in 15, 20 minutes before I got home, I think she had a seizure and, and you know, or had a stroke and just died. Um, and that was probably one of the saddest moments of my life because I was connected at a soul level to that dog. Mm-hmm. And even then I went, you know what, I'm just really grateful for the time that I've had her. And every once in a while she'll come to me in a dream. You tell me she's the hummingbird that comes to the house. 
So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'll go out and sit out in the patio and say, Eric, because that's, you know, her brother. And I say, Eric, we're going to have, um, you know, we're going to see if Sookie's going to come and visit us. And the second I say that, you know, sure as you know what, here comes Sookie <laughs> flying to the hummingbird feeder. And I'm like, well, I told you, Eric, she was going to come say hi to Sookie. We go, hi, Sookie, how are you? And then off she flies. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, I just I, I think that um, and again, I don't walk in anybody else's shoes and this is certainly not how everybody else thinks. But I, I don't get crushed by the thought of people no longer being here. It's like, OK, their their contracts fulfilled. Their time is done. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And it, there is a piece about that. If we accept that we all have our own agreement with God and that we actually choose when we go. Mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier for the people who are here to be at peace about it. And I think I told you that I knew a couple of days before my friend passed that she was going to pass. Yeah. I knew, it was like, yeah. she's going to pass on my birthday. I knew it. And she's mm-hmm. been around a lot and laughing. She's just laughing all the time, which is wonderful. So and I remember her laugh. She, she was just oh, yeah. such a neat lady. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. with that, so, folks... It's a real quick reminder that if you would like a psychic reading through Rebecca Fisk, who has been named repeatedly one of America's top 50 psychics, you can go to her website, IamRebecca.com. If you're looking at the show on Blog Talk Radio right here, I've embedded the show links to her website, as well as our other sister and brother shows for the network here. We've got rated LGBT radio starring Rob Watson on Thursdays. Rated Oz Radio with Mary Lou Monroe Ray out of Brisbane, Australia. And then Journey with Stephanie monthly every first Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So I want to welcome you to all of our shows. If you have feedback or comments or questions, good, bad, or the ugly, you can certainly email us on the Rated G Radio Facebook fan page and send us your comments if you have an idea for a show topic or a guest or anything fun like that. We are open to your feedback. Now, again, next Monday night at 7 p.m. Well, I guess, I, what do I have? I have the show. We're not doing a show. I'm taking Halloween off, folks. So, uh, no, I guess that's, that's <laughs> Sunday, right? No, I am back next. I'm looking at the calendar. I've been, oh, good Lord. I've lost my mind. Okay, so next Monday, I am going to be live at 7 p.m. with Stephanie Gerard. We're going to chew the fat. Uh, The following week, November 8th, Rob Watson will join me. Then on the 15th, we're going to have Rebecca back on the show, so you can call back in. And then finally, November 22nd, the week of Thanksgiving, we'll have Mary Lou Monroe Ray. And then rinse, repeat in December. So we're really excited to have you be part of all of that. And in the meantime, Rebecca, thanks for your time. Can't wait to catch up with you in a couple more weeks. And for all of you listening tonight, I thank you for being part of this, helping the show grow again. And we will see you next week live at 7 p.m. right here on... You've been listening to Rated G Radio. Radio.com. Bye, everybody.